You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook. And today we should have Peter Watts in the studio with us, but we don't. So instead we have Daniel Mateo. Welcome, Daniel. Sorry, mate. Sorry. <laughs> Scraping the bottom of the barrel here with no, me. No, we're not at all, but I'm very appreciative <laughs> that you've been able to step in now. Peter Happy has. Good to be here. Yeah, good to have you here. Peter's been caught up. Um, He's been uh, working over in Western Australia for the last couple of weeks and he's had many troubles um, with flights. So uh, even even his, his cancelled flight, which was then rescheduled, has been delayed and so... Um, Nevertheless, he's not here. It's been a bit like that lately, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I've had, had a few problems with flights and things over the last few weeks. It's just been crazy. Yeah, so many places. It's uh, It seems as though if you're flying within t- uh, Australia somewhere, uh, I've just uh, come back from the US. We did a trip over there. And uh, every flight uh, went ahead. No flights were cancelled. We had a couple of flights that were delayed a little bit. Um, the worst was our international flight was delayed by a couple of hours. But uh, I was surprised. Ten flights and nothing got cancelled and most of them ran on time. But it seems in Australia that's a different story. <laughs> yeah. yeah they, we've got to sort ourselves out over here, that's for sure. Yeah. So COVID has definitely uh, caused some challenges for the airline industry. So, Daniel... Um, I'm, I'm I'm very pleased to have you uh, step in for us today. We were going to talk with Peter, and and maybe later if we can get him on the phone, we might uh, talk to him briefly. But but for now, I want to talk about something that Peter's planning to start running later in this week. And if you're listening just a little bit earlier, you would have heard the promo for this. It's a program called "Is God for Real?" Mm, so uh, exciting! Yeah, yeah, it's a great program. I attended uh, this series last year when Peter ran it over in uh, Belarive. And it was a great event. Now, this is for all our listeners in Tasmania particularly because, of course, you can attend in person. This is starting this Friday, Glenorchy, uh, 31st of July in Glenorchy, which uh, is uh, not far from the studio where we broadcast from. Um, The program's titled Is God For Real? And uh, do you want to just maybe share a few of the topics that Peter will be talking about, Daniel. Yeah, no, I'm so excited about this stuff. You know, I've uh, had a few conversations with Peter and heard him communicate before on some of this, and his journey is really, really um, interesting in the sense that he he's come from the background of being a committed atheist and uh, and basically went on a, on a journey of, of discovery and of study. And, uh, yeah, so he's got some great things to, to present and to, um, uh, to unwrap. So he's uh, starting in... On, on Sunday the 31st uh, with does God exist that big question you know that uh, that burns within really I think all of us um, and then secondly uh, going through is there anything that we can trust you know what source of authority uh, should we use uh, as we uh, approach life you know where should we get our ideas of right and wrong and um, after a little bit of uh, finger food uh, at 6 p.m. Um, he's going into talking about this idea of uh, evolution and uh, talking a little bit about that and then afterwards uh, 
Well, I think probably one of the biggest questions that particularly people that have chosen an atheistic um, perspective ask is, if God's so good, why is the world so bad? Why, what is, why is there so much suffering yeah. in the world? You know, that's the big question. It's, it is a big question that many people have. So uh, why so much suffering? Now, that's just the beginning. That's uh, um, Actually, I, I, I misquoted that. I thought it was Friday. It's Sunday, the 31st of July mm-hmm. uh, from 4 to 6 p.m. That's just the beginning. He's going to be doing more programs. And if you want to find out more about that, then book and attend the first one. There is a booking number that I can give you here. It's one three hundred zero three four seven six zero. If you want to call up and book, one three hundred zero three four seven six zero. It's going to be happening at George's on the Park. That's at the KGB Oval in Anfield Street, Glenorchy. Now, if you want to book online, you can as well. Just uh, Google "Is God for Real" and Glenorchy. If you know how to spell Glenorchy, you'll be right. <laughs> so is God for real Glenorchy? And you'll find the booking page for that as well if you want to book a seat. Or you can call that number, one three hundred zero three four seven six zero. 0 Well worth attending these series of presentations. Yeah, no, I'm, I think it's going to be really great. I'm looking forward to it myself. And, I, and yeah, I'm hoping that uh, we can all grow a little bit intellectually, spiritually, philosophically, and, and everything from, uh, from uh, what Peter's got to present, definitely, mm. yeah. It's certainly good to have somebody who's uh, been on, I guess, on the other side from a different perspective, and uh, he's, he's now experienced life... Um, with a different understanding, so hmm. it's good to have him. So uh, now Peter will be hopefully back on air with us next week, but uh, for now we're going to, uh, for this program, we're going to be introducing, I guess, the topic that he's going to be talking about and his, his series, this is a new series that he's going to be doing over the coming weeks. It's called Daniel and the God of Wisdom. So hmm. yeah. I'm not sure exactly how many weeks we're going to be studying this for, but it will be going on for a little bit, and it's primarily focused on the studying the book of Daniel. Yeah, so that's uh, that's what he's going to be going through. And I, I, I got to say, I love the book of Daniel. You know, I mean, the, out of all the books of the Bible, I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but it's uh, it's definitely up there. And I've made it made it a special focus of uh, of the study throughout my life. So happy to to be introducing uh, this book today. You know, stepping in for Peter, and he's going to pick up uh, from next week onwards. Yeah. Mm. Now, Daniel, you have a bit of an interesting story. I, I think it's actually fortuitous that uh, you're on this program today because your name is Daniel. And <laughs> <You> noticed. <laughs> I did notice. Your name is Daniel, and we're going to be studying the book of Daniel. So I, I believe you've got an interesting story how you got your name. Yeah, I was named after Daniel. Yeah, actually. At, at the book of the Bible? Um, uh, uh, the guy. The guy in the book of the Bible. for the book of the Bible, right. yeah. I'm named after him. Yeah, so basically my mum, uh, when she was a kid, she uh, at her school they had religious education. And uh, so what would happen is all the ministers from the different churches would come over and they would divide the kids up uh, based on their church, you know, and um, and the minister would take them through some religious education training. And from what I could tell, that happened probably once a week, once a fortnight, something like that. And um, anyway, so um, this pastor would come over to see my mum, but she was the only person from her denomination, from her church at her school. So it was just him and her. They had a, they were sitting there in the library, you know, and uh, 
and he didn't really know. He'd never dealt with, um, you know, a teenager before. He wasn't very good at communicating with uh, young people. So, he, but he had some Bible study guides on the Book of Daniel, and uh, and he said, "Well, let's just do these." And so, you know, every every time he came to visit, they'd do a Bible study on on the Book of Daniel. They go all the way through, and they got to the end, and uh, and the next time. Uh, uh, he he said, well, what do you want to do now? And she said, well, I don't know. And they said, well, let's go through and do it again. And so they went through and they did the same studies again over and over again and uh, and all the way through her, her schooling at that particular school. And But what what's funny about that, and I've still got today one of my treasured possessions is drawing because my mum's quite creative and she did drawings um, of all of the, the different prophecies in the book of Daniel, you know, and from that time when she was having studies with her pastor. Did she draw all the um, interesting beasts as well? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the beasts, um, the, the, the statue from Daniel 2 that we're going to talk a little bit about today and, uh, yeah, all, all of that, yeah, the horns and, yeah, the whole bit. Awesome. And, yeah, so I've still got those today. And what was very impressive to her, what impressed her, um, was the fact that the prophecies in particular in the book of Daniel, um, God said this was going to happen, then this is going to happen, then this is going to happen, then this is going to happen, and then God is going to come back and set up his kingdom. And we can actually look back in history and see, hey, look, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. There's only one thing left to happen, which is God setting up his kingdom. And, you know, that we can have confidence that if all of that happened in the past, just like God said it would, then we know that the future event's going to happen as mm. well. So for her, it really solidified and cemented her faith. Yeah. For me, that's, that's I think, been the most powerful thing for Daniel as well. It's, it's giving confidence of um, the reliability of the Scripture mm. uh, because we can look back and, and we know that that many, many years ahead of time, hundreds of years, thousands of years ahead of time, um, these prophecies were were made and then we've seen them come to, to fruition. We've seen that history um, come true and to me that gives me a lot of confidence in the uh, in the Scriptures. Well, well, after all, you know, I mean... It's not just this. I mean, this, the fact that this is an inspired document. Like, if I, you know, this is God that we. This is God that we can depend on ultimately. Mm. If I said to you, you know what, next week, you know, this, all these things are going to happen. You know, you might think, yeah, whatever. But if you got to next week and all of these things took place, you might start to think, wow, you know, maybe this guy knows what he's talking about. But it could be a fluke. However, if I predicted political and you know um you know world events you know in sequence exactly as they as they happened and then it all came true you'd be pretty confident that i had some kind of spiritual gifts here and that's exactly what we see in the book of daniel you know mm, mm, uh, for sure now we've had uh, david text in already thanks hi, david, david uh, yeah. from western australia great to have you back with us mm. and it's great to be back uh live in person uh, on the radio we've uh, missed our interactions with different people um, now, just in case you don't know, we've got our show number. That's uh, Tassie Encounters show number 0488880891. Write that down. Text us in. We've actually got a question for you today. And this is the question. Have you ever studied the book of Daniel? What's your favorite part? And why do you think we should study it? So there's really three questions there, aren't there? But if you want to answer any one of those three questions, have you ever studied the book of Daniel? What's your favorite part and why do you think we should study it? We'd love to hear from you this morning, 0488 We'd also just like to remind you that 
We can uh, listen to Faith FM either on the, the radio on Faith FM, uh, that's uh, 87.6, 87.8 and 88.0, different frequencies in different locations. But you can also download the Faith FM app off the website. So do uh, do remember that. If you, if you have trouble getting the reception, you can always listen live and you can listen to past episodes on the Faith FM app. We're going to listen to this great song. It's called I Want to See Jesus Too, featuring Josh Cunningham and Jacqueline Jewell. He was mourning for his people, slaves in exile for all their sin. Then the dawning down by the river struck down and silent. When he saw him Clothed in white Face like lightning Golden linen His voice a cry Vision bright Daniel trembling Mercy and love In those eyes to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we've got Daniel Matteo in the studio with us uh, in the place of Peter Watts so thanks for joining us again uh, David 
uh, Daniel, not David, Daniel. Um, now, we are introducing Peter's new topic, his series called God of Wisdom. And uh, this is going to be a series focusing on the study of the book of Daniel. Now, before the break, we asked you a question. Have you ever studied the book of Daniel? Uh, what's your favorite part? And why do you think we should study it? We'd love to hear from you today. Text us in on 0488880891. So, Daniel, I'd love to hear from you. Why do you think we should study the book of Daniel? Mm. Well, you know, uh, I've had a bit of a think about this question. And let me tell you, Jace, I, I definitely can't tell you all of the reasons um, why one should study the book of Daniel. But I can tell you the reasons why I like to study the book of Daniel. Is that okay? That, that's a good start. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and... Look, ultimately, and this this is probably one of the biggest reasons is is look. First of all, Daniel is going to is going to answer some questions uh, for us that are, that are really the big existential questions. You know, every single one of us in our lives, in order to orient ourselves, in order to understand who we are and and how we're supposed to make our way through life in this world, we we need some big questions answered. Mm. You know, where have I come from? You know, why am I here? What's the purpose of my life? And where, where, where am I going? What's this all heading to? You know, Daniel is going to, as the, as the narrative sections, as the apocalyptic sections unfold, it's going to answer those questions for us. It's going to tell us that we are people for whom God cares intimately. You know, that, that God is, the God of the universe is willing to step in and care personally and um, uh, individually about, about you and I because we are created by his hand and because he's got a purpose uh, and an um, eventual positive outcome for us uh, in our lives. And so, yeah. I think, um, you know, if, if, if we don't have that perspective or understanding of God, uh, if, if we are an atheist, for example, um, it's hard to find a, a real reason for being, isn't there? We're just here by chance. And yet when we see the prophecies of Daniel, we see a long-term plan. Mm. We see the uh, the uh, um, prophecies of what God's got planned in the future. It means that uh, that my life has meaning. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, well, not just that. My my life plays into you know like a like and, a thread in a, in a great tapestry. And we're, we're part yeah. of that big picture. Yeah. yeah, and and so I understand what my purpose is down here. You know, arising from that. So, mm. yep. I mean, that's that. But look, not just big questions. I mean, the Daniel was also going to take a magnifying glass and come right down to some very, I guess, real day to day kind of uh, questions as well for us. Like one great example I love is. Um, you know, just how we, how should we conduct ourselves in business? Mm. And what you find is the example of Daniel and his friends as well is that they are always, um, you know, absolutely blameless when it comes to conducting their day-to-day vocation. You know, the time after time, uh, their political enemies try to find some um, charge against it's them. Fault with them, yeah. And they can't, you know, because these guys are, are so good at their job and they do it so well and they do it to the glory of God every single day. You know, so that that answers some questions that uh, just have to do with orient us, orient, orienting ourselves in the day to day. Another one has got to do with diet. You know, I mean, Daniel, when uh, when he comes before uh, the king, you know, they try and give him all of this fancy food, but he's you know makes good decisions about his health mm. and well being. Mm. And so that's a very visceral kind of question that deals with the here and now as well. And uh, it, there's even something you might have heard of it called the Daniel diet. Mm. 
uh, that follows this. That's, uh, that's found in Revela- in Daniel 1. Isn't Daniel it? 1, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's yeah. actually in verse 12. Yeah, mm. you can read it if you want to. It says, Please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. Mm. Yeah, so, so yeah. they um, what did they have? That's what we call today a plant-based or vegan plant-based diet. Sort, yeah, and yeah. Uh, it, and they were tested and it ended up being sharper intellectually as well as uh, stronger physically at the end of that. So, you know, I mean, that has something to say about our about our health. You know, mm. so so there's big questions and there's little questions. You know, and so there's a lot to be gained from it. Yeah. Mm. So another, I think, big reason or one of the main reasons why I love to study the book of Daniel is it doesn't just talk about things for our lives, big questions, little questions. It also talks about the spiritual realm. And and what you have when you read the book of Daniel is, I, I suppose, what you might what you might call a magical worldview. Um, n- not in magic as in, you know, hoodoo, hocus-pocus magic, a magical worldview in the sense that um, this is a world populated by um, spiritual beings, mm. and uh, and so this is when you come to the book of Daniel, there is angels, there is demons, you know, there is uh, warfare going on between these two powers, <laughs> and yep. Daniel is going to strip away the strip away the veil so that you can see what's really going on. Mm. It takes me back a little bit to the book of Job, you know, at the beginning mm. of the book of Job, where Satan approaches uh, God and and you know points out Job as as a as a man who follows God. But we see some of that sort of background stuff, don't we? We we in Daniel we we hear, we read about um, some of the uh, the things that go on behind the scenes. You got it. And so basically, this is the worldview in the book of Daniel, right? Is that every um, nation or every region in the world is ruled over by certain spiritual beings, and mm. most of them are evil. Mm. Um, you know, Persia has got a has got a you know an, a, a spirit prince, and you know all of these other places, Babylon as well. And those nations worship those evil spirits as their gods. Mm. But they're but the Israel, the people of uh, of Daniel and um, the Judah and, and Israel, they have over them uh, a being, an entity known as Michael, or uh, represented later as one of the great princes or the great prince, and. Um, you know, it's essentially this is the this is the avatar of God's self. You know, mm. God Himself is is represented um, as taking care of His people. I remember mm. one of those passages uh, in the later books of Daniel where it says that uh, the moment Daniel started praying, that Michael was on his way, uh, yeah, yeah. but got interrupted on the way and had to fight a fight with uh, with Satan or or some. Uh, I have a feeling that was Gabriel, but anyway. Oh, that, Gabriel. That, yeah. Okay, right. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that's right. But there is was, a, yeah. there's, a, there's an emissary. You got it. Yeah. And there's a battle going on. Mm. Yeah, you're right. Mm. So that's in uh, Daniel chapter 10. You got mm. it. So there, these uh, this mighty, in fact, in Daniel chapter 10, verse 1 in the NIV, um, it renders, renders it just a little different uh, from the rest of uh, of the translations that you might read. And I, um, and I don't think it's an inaccurate translation. I think it's a good translation. It says, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel, who was called Belteshazzar. Its message was true, and it concerned... A great war. A great war. You got it. Mm. Uh, Or we might say um, a great controversy or a great fight or battle. Mm. And it's as you read through chapter 10, you can see that this battle is going on between good and evil spiritual powers. So that is... um, that's very interesting to us. Those of us that are spiritually minded and have a, um, 
you know, have an interest, I guess, in the unseen. You know, Daniel is, is very fascinating to study. Yeah. And um, look, another reason why I like to study the book of Daniel is that it really is the events that happen within it are both grounded in Bible prophecy but also, as the events unfold, Daniel presents more prophecy that can be historically verified. Like, the whole basis of the events in the book of Daniel is based on um, some prophecies in Isaiah and also in Jeremiah. Um, when, uh, at the beginning of the book, uh, Daniel is um, is captured, uh, he, he and his friends, um, the king of Babylon comes in and, you know, basically uh, besieges Jerusalem and defeats uh, defeats it and takes a bunch of the the princes. He kills a bunch of people and then takes a bunch of bunch of the princes uh, princes as slaves. He uh, emasculates them, you know, makes them eunuchs and drags them in chains back to his kingdom to be trained up for his service. And Daniel and his friends are some of these um, are some of these young men. And uh, you know, I mean, that's a bit of a sad situation, but that's something that was predicted by Isaiah mm. and uh, also by Jeremiah as well. And so when Daniel later on tries to figure out how long are we going to be slaves, how long are we going to be stuck like this, he goes back to the book of Jeremiah and begins to study it. And then he starts getting revelations um, that, uh, that we can go back now and, um, and verify historically. And yeah. Mm. Um, earlier we were talking about the fact that uh, the book of Daniel is actually written in two different languages. I find that a little bit interesting as well. I, I don't know if you've got anything to say about that. I know that's a bit of a scholarly type of thing, but well, well, it is. I mean, Daniel, uh, hmm. Daniel has two audiences in mind when he's writing his book because remember he is a slave mm. in a foreign nation, mm. and it's a hostile foreign nation to his religion and to his people. And so he's thinking about the people that are reading that are his people, and he's thinking about the people that are reading that are not his people. And, uh, and so as a result, a lot of the symbol that he uses, even the stories that he uses at the beginning of the book, they're all intended to be a secret signal mm. to his people. And so if somebody that is not his people reads the book, they go, oh, yeah, there's a bunch of stories. But if they are his people, they read it and they go, oh, wow, there's something going on here. You know, God's still looking after us, even though we're slaves. And that's there's a secret message there. And that's one of the reasons, I think, why he's um, he's chosen to write chapters one to six in Aramaic, because it's more it was more accessible at that time. And uh, from chapter seven to, tw- to 12, he wrote in Hebrew um, to make sure that only his people could really have access to what we call the apocalyptic section of the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. There's a particular story in, uh, I think it's Daniel 3, which is where Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were, uh, you know, along with everyone else asked to bow down to the big statue. And mm. uh, I, I love uh, that part of that chapter where they did. They refused to bow down because, of course, uh, that was um, forbidden in, in their belief and religion. That uh, there's only one God, and we don't bow down to other idols and statues. And uh, but uh, they were very strong in their faith and their resolve. And I love their response to the king was that um, something like uh, that. Uh, we know that uh, if we get thrown into this fire, that, that God will save us. But mm. even if he doesn't, mm. that they would still not bow down. And to me, that that gives uh, amazing personal, um, well, it shows amazing pers- personal courage and strength and faith. And uh, certainly in some of the my difficult times, that passage has given me a lot of uh, personal encouragement to stand firm awesome. in, in our faith. So. 
Um, just a reminder, I listened to a question. Have you ever studied the book of Daniel? And what's your favorite part? What, uh, why do you think we should study it? We would love to hear from you. And uh, we've got a free book offer today. It's called Amazing Prophecies of Daniel and Revelation. Later in the program, we'll give you a bit more information about that. Right now, this is The Perfect Wisdom of Our God by Keith and Kristen Getty. The perfect wisdom of our God Reveal in all the universe All things created by His hand And held together at His command He knows the mysteries of the seas The secrets of the stars are His He guides the planets on their way And turns the earth through another day wisdom of his ways that mark the path of righteousness his word a lamp unto my feet his spirit teaching and guiding me
This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're speaking with Daniel Matteo, and we're talking about Peter Watts's new series that he's uh, going to be starting. He should, he was meant to be here today, but we explained earlier that uh, he's been caught up on planes and uh, or not getting on planes because of cancellations and other things. So, so Daniel has stepped in, so thank you, Daniel. And uh, we've been talking about the book of Daniel, and it's a bit of an introduction. So Peter will be continuing on with a, an in-depth study of the book of Daniel. Now, earlier, Daniel, you were saying that um, uh, the book of Daniel's based um, or grounded in biblical prophecy, and of course, we know when we read the book of Daniel that there are many prophecies that are that are foretold. Uh, some of them very specific uh, yeah. about nations to come. And I'm just wondering, can you just set the scene in terms of the time frame of which uh, the the chapters of of Daniel would have been written, and the life of Daniel? What what when did he live? And of course, uh, when were the prophecies? Um, when were they about? You know, what time period were the prophecies covering? Nice. Um, well, look, <clears throat> it's, it's impossible to be 100% sure, but so, somewhere between 600 and 530 BC, you know, this is the the lifetime of Daniel. He was quite old by the time he died. He he lived through, you know, sort of various rises and falls of different kingdoms and um, or kings and kingdoms and so forth. He was, uh, you know well-known statesmen and so forth. But, uh, yeah, so those early chapters in the book um, talk about early on in his life and right down towards the end, you know, he's still getting revelations when he's quite elderly and mm. and um, God gives him encouragement right at the end that he'll he'll be there on that day. You know, he's going to be in heaven and uh, makes it clear in chapter 12. Um, but... Um, sorry, your question is uh, is what's the what time period does the prophecies cover? Yeah, yeah good, good right. question. Yeah. yeah, so it begins in his day. Uh, and then stretches right down to the very end of time, you know. Okay. And and so that is, and one of the things that uh, is like impacts people the most is the accuracy, in particular, like some of the the simpler prophecies. Like there's all of the uh, what we call the apocalyptic type chapters in the Book of Daniel. Um, they they can they are encoded in symbol, and some of it can be a little bit difficult to to understand. You know, some people struggle with Daniel eight and nine, for example, but. Daniel chapter 2 in particular is a very easy to understand prophecy. You know, it just talks about a, an image made of different types of metal and each of these different types of metal represent um, different kingdoms that are going to arise after the kingdom of Babylon, which is the one that, that Daniel is, you know, living in when he's writing. And uh, and people look back and they think, man, this is so accurate. And so the, the theory was that this is with this of critical scholars, people that don't believe that Scripture is inspired. They say it couldn't have been written before the events. It couldn't have been written before the yeah. they, they said this is what it is. It's called uh, this is a um, Latin term, vaticinium ex eventu. It means prophecy written after the after the fact. Mm. It means, for example, if I say to you, you know, oh, you know, I found this ancient book and this book said there was going to be a guy named Jason born and, mm. and he was going to do all of this and he basically predicts your life. And you go, wow, that's an amazing book. It predicted my life. But uh, but I just sat down and wrote it yesterday, you know, mm. based on what I know about you. Mm. Prophecy written after the fact. The problem with that, and the, the biggest argument against that is, hey, um, a big chunks of the book of Daniel were found at the Dead Sea Scrolls, mm. you know. And so they were, obviously, that's from, you know, 
the, the time of Jesus around about that those books were buried and they were already considered scripture at that time, already mm. ancient. Mm. You know, in order to enter into the holy writings of the community at Quamron, you can't just write something and just say, this is the Bible to those guys. They were very, very um, uh, stringent about their writings having an ancient tradition. So we, we already know at that time that it was an ancient book. And do you know what? From from the, the Quamgran community forward, you know, Daniel's prophecies were still unfolding. And they still, yeah, and they still continue. And so, of course- For example, from Jesus' day, like, I mean, the, the kingdom of Rome is predicted, the iron kingdom of Rome. And then the, the prediction in Daniel 2 is that after Rome falls, that the the- area of geographical area around the Mediterranean will no longer be politically united. Mm. And that has been the case for the last, you know, what, 1,200, uh, 1,800 years. Yeah, now. yeah. Mm. And, of course, the, the prophecies in Daniel um, that relate to Jesus himself mm. were very specific. And so if they found those writings at the time of Jesus and they were already ancient, they have to be um, prophecies and not written not written after the event. <laughs> well, look, this is a scary thing. And if anybody wants to, um, this, this is where you, when you read it, you kind of go, man, you know, this is starting to hit home pretty close. Mm. Um, it, there, there's a really interesting book that I read um, called The Time of the End by J.E. Adams and, and Milton C. Fisher, the forewords by uh, R.C. Sproul, who's a well-known theologian. So these, these are good Daniel scholars, uh, scholars on the book of Daniel. One of them, I think, I think it was Fisher was involved in um, the translation of the New International Version. So these are, you know, re- reputable scholars, and they have um, well, they applied the apply the the time prophecies in Daniel nine just pretty much the same as I guess what we do as Seventh Day Adventists. They say, look, this is what this means, and um, and so did the wise men. Have you ever wondered why those wise men turned up to see Jesus at exactly the right time? I suspect they mm. they understood something from the prophecies. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, they um, they knew. I mean, in, in Daniel chapter 9, the Messiah is called the anointed, or Messiah means anointed one. Mm. Um, it was well known that, um, uh, that, uh, that priests were anointed at the age of 30. And so in order to figure out the year that the Messiah was born... Um, these uh, wise men calculated these time prophecies of the when the anointed one would come. The, the and he knew they knew he'd be thirty in that year, and they counted back thirty years, and they turned up in time to see Jesus. You know, um, when he was a baby, mm. and uh, that's the reason why those those fellows turn up at that time. So it's amazing, you know, um, that this is very specific. Mm. Yeah, very specific, and it cannot have been written after the fact. Yeah. Mm. So you've got a point here, Daniel, um, that that. The book of Daniel raises some very important themes from Scripture, from the Bible. Mm. Do you want to just uh, talk about that before we go to our next break? Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, um, I told you before that uh, that quite often there are secret signals involved in uh, in the book of Daniel. So, particularly the first um, the first couple of chapters are going to raise important issues. For example, in Daniel one, if you just read the first couple of verses in Daniel one, it says during the third reign of King Jehoiakim. So we've got a king, his reign in Judah. We've got a, a land, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar. We've got another king of Babylon. We've got another land in Jerusalem. We've got a city and besieged it. And so there's a there's a warfare going on uh, between two kings, between two cities, uh, between two lands, and um, and then later on it says uh, the Lord gave him victory over King Jehoiakim of Judah and permitted him to take some of the sacred objects from the temple of God. So Nebuchadnezzar took them back to the land of Babylonia and placed them in the treasure house of his gods. So you've got two temples now, 
and two gods, mm, right? Mm, you see mm. that there? And they're at war with one another. You see, in the ancient world, there was a belief that whenever countries went out to war, that their gods were fighting each other. And whoever was strongest, you know, obviously they had the strongest god. Like if I beat you in battle, that means my god was stronger than yours, right? And so it's for these um, Hebrew people, Daniel's people who are in slavery, uh, it is tempting for them to think, hey, you know, I've been defeated Obviously, my God isn't as strong. But Daniel makes it clear, no, God is working through this, that God has allowed this and he is um, he's working through. Even, and as you go through the chapter, each chapter has this same story, that even though this enemy God, even though this enemy king, even though these enemy political powers or whatever it might be, but might try and overtake God's people and oppress them and even seem to win. In the end, because God's people are faithful to his law, faithful to his sanctuary, faithful to his covenant, in the end, God brings them out victorious and they Mm -hmm. come out on top of their enemies. And that happens in every single chapter. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And speaking of amazing, our book offer today is called Amazing Prophecies of Daniel and Revelation. Now, this uh, we haven't yet talked about, maybe we will in the next section, but there's a lot of connections between the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation. Absolutely. And yeah. uh, they help each other, um, or you, together they, they help us to understand the full meaning of these prophecies. So um, this book that we're going to give away, Amazing Prophecies of Daniel and Revelation, it says, uh, Will these Bible prophecies affect your future? From Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar's dream, four great beasts... And a little horn, the ram, the ram and the goat, and the Messiah, who appears. Then uh, from Revelation, we've got letters to the seven churches, seven seals open, seven trumpets, the great red dragon, seven-headed leopard beast, and three angels' messages, the seven last plagues, the great whore Babylon, uh, victory over Satan, Satan bound for a thousand years, and the new earth. These are all amazing prophecies that are all interconnected. So this is the book that we're going to be giving away. And uh, we'd love to give you a copy of that. So do text in after the break. We'll give you the code. But the number to text in is 0488880891. And uh, it's not too late. If you want to answer a question that we had earlier, have you ever read the book of Daniel? What's your favorite part? God moves in a mysterious way. His wonders to perform He plants His footsteps in the sea And rides upon the storm Deep in unfathomable minds Of never-failing skill He treasures up His bright designs And works His sovereign
You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're finishing up our program. This is going to be the start of a new series by Peter Watts titled Daniel and the God of Wisdom. But unfortunately, we didn't have Peter with us today, so Daniel Mateo has stepped in. Now, before the break, we talked about our amazing Prophecies of Daniel and Revelation book free giveaway. The code to claim that book today is Daniel and the number one. That's no spaces. Just send in Daniel, D-A-N-I-E-L, and the number one to 0488880891. Text that in and we'll be able to get you a free copy of this book. So Daniel, uh, just before the break, we talked about the fact that the book of Daniel connects in with Revelation. Would you like to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Look, um, a lot of people wonder about the meaning of uh, of the book of Revelation. It's very mysterious. It's clothed in a lot of symbol and so forth. Um, but uh, but Revelation, you know, it, it really draws on the symbolism, not, well, within Revelation itself, some, some of that symbolism is, is um, explained, but it goes back throughout all of the Bible from Genesis um, all the way through. And, uh, and draws on different symbols and different other parts of the scripture in order to uh, communicate spiritual truths. That's why it's so, um, I guess, scary to some people that aren't familiar with the scripture because they think, oh, what is this, you know? But some of the most, some of the chapters that people wonder about the most in Revelation, like, for example, chapter 12 and chapter 13, uh, where people read them and go, wow, what is this? There's a beast coming up out of the sea and there's, you know, mm. a beast coming up out of the land and he's doing this and doing that. It's crazy. I remember when I read it the first time when I was uh, probably 15 or 16, I read the New Testament through and I was reading this Revelation 13 stuff and I thought, wow, what is this? But the book of Daniel contains, particularly in chapter 7 and, and elsewhere, pertain, uh, contains the, the keys to unlocking that. That's the place where Gabriel tells Daniel where all of those, well, the meaning of all of those symbols are found, you know. So when, in order to understand some of that stuff that people wonder about the beast and, you know, the, you know, the, all of that, that, um, that is a symbolic uh, depiction of political powers. You know, that we have to go back to Daniel to be able to unlock and interpret it often. So, uh, so yeah, it's really, really um, foundational, I guess, for understanding Revelation. Ultimately, Revelation is about Jesus, but uh, but Daniel helps us to understand that. I love Daniel because it does give us a sense of where we sit in the course of history. The book of Daniel, particularly the prophecies, trace the story of um, God, uh, his people, uh, in combat with uh, evil spiritual powers from the time of Daniel right down to the end of time. And, you know, some of the last verses in the book of Daniel uh, are uh, encouragement to uh, Daniel himself from the angel saying, it's okay, you know, you're going to sleep, you'll die, but you're going to rise uh, at the last day to receive your allotted inheritance. You know, one day we're all going to be able to go home and, and God's going to bring ultimate victory over these uh, over this warfare that's going on down here. Mm. And because it gives us a sense of where we sit in the course of history, it gives us confidence that despite over this hardship in our all of this hardship that takes place in our life. And this is really the point of it. This is Daniel's point. Remember, he's writing to a bunch of people in slavery. You know, despite all of this stuff, despite you, the times when you, I guess, you, you get to the point where it seems like you're totally defeated and uh, you're discouraged and it doesn't seem like anything's ever going to get better, God is still in control and he will ultimately be victorious in the end. It's interesting that... Um yeah, I'm doing a study uh, with a friend at the moment, and and he he's expressed to me that very um, that point where 
it's very easy to, uh, I guess, get disillusioned personally when we see so much suffering in the world, when we experience pain and, and, and trauma in our own lives, um, and to not have something like the Bible, and, and in particular these passages like Daniel, even though this is a very personal thing, uh, it gives us confidence that God is in control, mm. uh, even of our own lives. And it, and it gives us a sense that, well, this suffering and pain that we experience in life isn't all for nothing. You know, there, there is something that's, that's, that's going to come. But also I see in the book of Daniel, this is not just on a personal level, it's on a grand scale level as well. Well, it's an encouragement to hang on, isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. because... Um, you know, I mean, this is this is what Daniel and his friends do. They go through all these terrible things. I mean, if you've, you know, I mean, Daniel's raised in a life of privilege. He's a prince. Uh, he's one day soldiers walk into his house. They emasculate him and take all of his wealth away and drag him away in, in chains to another country. Mm. As far as we're aware, he never sees his home again. He never sees his temple again. Mm. Every day he's praying towards his temple, but he never gets to see it. And mm. it's totally destroyed. Mm. All of these hard things happening to him personally. He's got a crisis of faith, but he hangs on. He he continues to be faithful and because he hangs on you know god's able to bring his victory through it and what he brings out beautifully and i think this is the most important point the thing that we need to remember is that his all of the whole book all of it is centered on the work of god but specifically in the person of jesus christ and um like for example when daniel's three friends are stuck in the in the fiery furnace who turns up Jesus, yeah, yeah. in one, amongst with them. <laughs> one like the Son of God, you yeah. know, Nebuchadnezzar says. And mm. then, you know, you see him turn up fighting for his people there in Daniel chapter 10. You know, you see one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven in Daniel chapter 7. You know, all Daniel chapter 9 points to the, the Messiah, the anointed one, who will be cut off but not for himself. Mm. He'll be cut off, but not for himself. Mm. You know, that we, we follow a crucified and risen Jesus, and mm. that's the, the Jesus that Daniel is, is really focused on. Yesterday, uh, in our program with with Mark Falconer, he, he talked about that phrase, that mm. cut-off phrase, uh, coming right back from Abraham uh, with the covenant that was made and then, and then Jesus being cut off from the land of the living. Mm. And uh, that same phrase appears in here doesn't it in Daniel as well absolutely mm. and and for Daniel the people that make a decision to follow this cut off Messiah mm. are the people that have w real wisdom um, in chapter 12 you know Gabriel makes it clear that you know most people won't understand but the wise will understand you know this idea of having the real wisdom of God is to have Jesus Christ and I don't know for those of us that are that are listening I suppose that are going through tough times I want to encourage you to um, to reach out uh, to Jesus. He understands the the hardship that you're going through. He understands the pain. Uh, he's been through it and he's calling to us, each one of us. You know, he wants to draw us out of it and he wants to um, give us the strength to keep moving forward, to keep putting one foot in front of the other and to uh, do the things that we need to do until the day when he's going to come and make everything right again. Mm. And of course, uh, Daniel talks about that um, that final, I think it's in the, the vision of the rock, isn't it? That uh, Set up a kingdom down, that will yeah. never be destroyed. I, I don't yeah. want to give too many spoilers away, but no, that's right. Yeah, no. <laughs> but I'm sure many of our the listeners. God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. Yeah. I love those awesome verses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it's great. 
Now, uh, we were hoping to get Peter in on the phone, but it looks like uh, as yet he's not been available, so maybe his plane was delayed even further. Um, So we're not going to be able to talk to Peter, but nevertheless, uh, Peter will be back with us next week um, studying the book of Daniel. We'll start more detailed uh, study of the book of Daniel, chapter 1. And, um, of course, tomorrow we're going to have you again, Daniel. Hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> what are you going to be talking about tomorrow, Daniel? Yeah, well, tomorrow I'm going to be picking up my uh, my series um, on uh, drawing from the well. And, uh, you know, we've when Tabitha was here with us, we, we, you know, we miss Tabitha, don't we? You know, when, we do, yes. Uh, when Tabitha was here with us, we, I was going uh, every Wednesday morning through uh, the different roles that Scripture can play in our lives. I talked about the fact that... Uh, um, Spurgeon, I think, uh, wrote that uh, Scripture is is a well that he'd not even begun to plumb, and uh, and so we're going to different roles that the Scripture plays in our life. And so tomorrow we're talking about the Bible as parenting coach for those of us that are parents. What role? Um, what well, what can the Bible teach us about raising and rearing children and being a responsible and loving parent? Yeah. Mm. And of course, don't forget, is God for real? That's Peter Watt's program starting in Glenorchy on Sunday the thirty first. You can uh, search that on Google and uh, find out how to book. Don't miss it. And, of course, we'll have Peter back in the studio next week. Right now, we're going to go out with this song. It's by James David Carter. It's called Open My Eyes. Uh, Yeah, Open My Eyes, James David Carter. Have a great day, wherever you are. We uh, hope that um, you have a blessed day, and we want to thank Daniel for joining us at Last Minute. Thanks, Daniel. Open my eyes, Lord. Help me to see your face. Open my eyes, Lord. Help me to see. Now we